This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This on? Hello? Hello? We're all science people. Science. Exactly. We know it's a good idea because it's lasted. There's chemistry in here. There's biology in here. It's in whiskey. It's in ice cream. It's in who you fall in love with. Rules and, and ethics and everything else. We can make the world better for everybody. Starting now. Welcome to Science Rules. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is the show where science rules. It's a call-in show, so if you want to be on the show, and I hope you do, please go to askbillnye.com and type on in. Tell us your question and, and uh, evoke a fantastic conversation and change the world in some favorable and perhaps, perhaps huge way. So if you remember anything, and I bet you do, I'll bet you there's a story associated with it. That's just the way humans are. We, we think in stories. And if many of you grew up watching the Science Guy show, thank you, thank you, thank you, I bet you also grew up watching Reading Rainbow with LeVar Burton. And check this out, peoples. Today, we have LeVar Burton joining us in the studio. Welcome, LeVar. Bill Nye. Happy to be here. You the man. No, Bill, you the man. So uh, Reading Rainbow was a fabulous thing. Changed the course of human history. Nicely done. Thank you, sir. You have a whole generation of people that listen to you read they to do. them. Yeah, I do, yeah. But now you're off on a new project, which is kind of the same, but for grownups. Yeah. And it's just LeVar Burton reads. It's just me reading. Reading. Yeah. Reading a short story. So how did you get from Roots to Reading Rainbow to Geordi LaForge? To Star Trek. Yeah. It's a good story. That's a good story. Well, is it too long to tell on my humble podcast no, here at Science not, Rules? Bill Nye, I'm, I'm here to answer your questions, brother. Um, so no, I, I, let me give you the Reader's Digest version. So Roots was, um, boy, it was an eye-opening experience for me in so many ways. In so I many read respects. the book. It took a while, but I read the book. It's, it's, uh, it, it, many pages and a great story. It's this amazing story. It's an amazing story. The, the miniseries aired in January of 77. Um, the novel came out, I mean, I think immediately before uh, the television release. Alex actually brought me a galley's copy of the novel mm -hmm. when we were in Savannah on location about to film the scenes that took place in the hold of the slave ship. Yeah. And I read that, those two sections of the middle passage, Kunta's middle passage from Africa to 
Annapolis, Maryland, uh, as as a, a way of preparing my mind um, for that journey. Um, Roots seminal event in my life blew my mind in many ways and, and respects. Um, Reading Rainbow seemed like an opportunity to take what I learned about the power of the medium of television and really put it to use in in a field where there wasn't a whole lot of t- attention being paid. It wasn't very sexy. There were no podcasts back then. No, Imagine and, what and, a what a and, bereft and, world. And there were no there were no shows, not even on PBS, that were about the love of reading, the love of the written word. It was all about the rudiments. Sesame Street and and all of the PBS lineup was all about learning how to read. We represented that next step. Once you know how to read, what are you going to do with that power? How is it going to impact your life? And this just occurred to you. No, it didn't occur to me. It occurred to the creators of the show. Oh, okay. And they came to me and said, we'd like you to host it. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Because I got what it could do. And it did. It did. Over time. So then how did Jordy come to be? So there are I'm people a, that argue about this. What? And they're wrong. No. That Star Trek is the same as Star Wars. It's not. Yeah. Oh, come on. Well, Who argues that? Uh, 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 come on. Pundits? No. Uh, no. no uh, we're talking. Denizens of comic book stores? Idiots. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Egypts. Really. Uh, <laughs> they're two completely different points of view. Uh, Star Wars is Game of Thrones uh, without sex, and uh, Star Trek is optimistic view of the future through science. Succinctly put, sir. Uh, good. So somebody came to you and wanted you to be Geordi. Well, I believe I'm a, I'm a believer in the, the idea that everything happens for a reason. As we say in Science Rules. Science Rules. Well- Everything, whenever, if everything happens for a reason, the reason is usually physics. Okay. <laughs> but go ahead. All right. Well, let me <laughs> contemplate that for a second. Hmm. Um, I did a, a, a TV movie um, in the late, it must have been early 80s, like, I don't know, 80, 81. But, and it was forgettable in, in many respects, except for uh, the, the producer was a man named Bob Justman. Now, my family and I watched Star Trek religiously during really? its initial run. Yeah, absolutely. My my mom, my sisters, and and, and me, we loved Star Trek. Um, so I knew Bob Justman was a producer, an associate producer on the original Star Trek, and I knew that he had worked very closely with Gene. So uh, that little TV movie that was bad, it was bad. It was called Emergency. And I just loved pumping Bob for Star Trek stories every day. Every day, because I was such a fan. And so when he was working with Gene on rebooting Star Trek with The Next Generation, he remembered my passion for Star Trek, and I got a call from him one day. That is cool. He just called you, or he called your agent? He called me. What did he call you? No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Come on. And, um, and, And I was... Hella excited. The only question I had, he said, I know you've never done a television series, but we're, 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 we're doing a new Star Trek series. Would you be interested? I said, is Gene involved? He said, he is. I said, I'm in. But you were into acting before I that. was, yeah. I, did, I discovered theater arts um, in the Catholic seminary. Um, of course you did. Yeah. You were in Catholic seminary. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, I thought you said you were in Catholic seminary. <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to be a priest? I was. You, of all freaking people, uh, do respect. I, I mean, we've hung out. Bill, <laughs> everybody comes from someplace, right? All right. So why did you want to enter the priesthood? That's a long story. Well, but this is, a, this is a full podcast. Oh, all right. Can you give me a couple sentences? You were charmed I, I by would, a higher power. I, I will do my best. I was, I was, I was raised by a woman who was, uh, whose, whose God at the time was education. Um, uh, that's good. I yeah, like her. Yeah, I do too. That's my mother, Irma Jean Christian. Yeah. Uh, every time I get a chance to mention my mother's name in public, I do. Go oh, again. Give it again. Irma, E-R-M-A, Jean, G-E-N-E, the masculine mm. spelling. Yeah. Uh, Christian was the name of her last husband. She was born Ward, married a man named Reynolds. My father's last name was Burton, and she finished out her marriage career with a Christian. She was an athlete. She was, and apparently liked to get married. <laughs> she, <laughs> there are people out there. She loved she, so she, anyway, she loved you had men, tremendous respect. For, yeah, that happens. Yeah. So there, you had tremendous respect for her. Oh, my God. And I she, am the way, I am the, the man I am because she was the woman she was. That's Priceless. So I then you to, decided to go to Catholic school or you were- No, that was her decision. That's what she I was mean. a teacher. I mean, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> My mom was an educator uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. She graduated from um, Philander Smith, an historically black college in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's where she met my father. Um, she knew that the West, California, was um, a more liberal place to raise children than- than even Arkansas? No, than than Kansas City, Missouri. Than even Kansas City? Yeah, she she grew up in Kansas City, and she <laughs> they've knew gone it, about as far as they can go. Yeah, they've gone about as far as they can go, <laughs> and she wanted to go further, so she headed west, right, um, to California, um, to raise her children in an environment that um, that was safer than yeah, the one sure. in which she grew up. So you ended up in Oakland. I mean, in Sacramento. Sacramento. Ended up in the nation's in the, in the state's capital, yeah. yeah. And so in Catholic schools, so priests were uh, um, the most positive male role models in my life, and um, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> How long were you in seminary? <laughs> Four years, and that's where you found theater arts. It is, and so you're a storyteller. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, an actor is a storyteller. I, I, I identify. I self-identify yeah. as a storyteller. Yeah, you're promoting literacy. Yeah. And to me, that is part of being science literate. I agree. You can't be science literate. Unless you're literate. Smart, unless you're literate. Unless you're literate. And so much of what you do in any job you take on involves reading and then writing. <clears throat> so as you may know, this is a call-in show. It is. And so we have a, a caller on the line. Really? Yes. Karina. Karina, are you out there? Hi. <clears throat> and where Hi. are you calling from, Karina? Um, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm crazy for Massachusetts. You've got Boston. You've got Red Sox. You've got seasons. Yep. So what's your question? So my question is, I used to read a lot when I was younger, and I really enjoyed it. But once it became required in school, I didn't like the books that they picked. It felt like a chore, and I really didn't enjoy it. So now I'm trying to get back into enjoying reading, you know, just reading for fun. So I was wondering if there was like a reason why this happened or if there were any tips for how to get back into reading and enjoying it. Karina, that's a great question. You, 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 and you are, I am happy to say, absolutely on the path to returning to loving 
reading. It happens to a lot of us when we go through school, and there's so much reading that's required of us, and it sort of bleeds the the joy out of the activity. You're doing the right thing. Uh, find you know stuff that you love, that you're passionate about, and read about. What it. did you used to like, yeah. Karina? Um, well, when I was younger, I kind of read a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of like the series, like Harry Potter, sure, um, Anne of did Green do- Gables was uh-huh. one. And now I'm trying to do mysteries because I feel like that will like keep me interested in it. Sure, sure. Who are you reading? Right now, I'm on the girl with the dragon tattoo. Very oh, come nice. On. You're come gonna on. get back into yeah, reading. That, yeah, Korean, yeah. Korean. What do you mean? You you read on. You've hit the jackpot. Girl. Are you out of school now? Um. Well, summer vacation from college. But all right. All right. What year are you? I just finished my first year. Oh, so you're a rising sophomore. What are yeah. you studying, Karina? Um, not a hundred percent sure yet, but thinking about math maybe. I'm trying computer science in the fall, so we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, it's a, you're just phoning it in. That's great. No, that's <laughs> fantastic, Karina. Uh, math is the language of the universe, and computer science is the future. You know, uh, the problems we need to solve for climate change are, have a great deal to do with computer science. We're going to have to do more with less using artificial intelligence systems, And uh, as we like to say, good engineering invites right use. So when you design these software programs that we're all going to use and change the world, make them so they're easy to use. Karina, it's going to be a blast. Read Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Let me just tell you, there is, there is, you know, it's, there's trouble later in the book. There's like, you know, life-threatening situations. You're up for a wild ride. I don't want to shock you. Yeah. (laughs) Dick Larson okay, does yeah, not disappoint. Through, so. Oh, it's going to be great. Thank you for your call, Karina. Carry on. Thank you very much. Matthew, are you out there? Matthew, are you? can you hear us? Uh, yes, sir, I can. Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from North Carolina. Uh, okay, where in North Carolina? Uh, Cary, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh. Outside of Raleigh, RDU. So uh, what's your question yeah. for LeVar? Uh, so my question is, I've always had a great love of reading um, and stories. It was always how I learned, and it's how I just process information. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how reading and stories kind of connect with memory and learning a little bit. Mm. There's no connection at all. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the whole thing. The older I get, the, the, the more I understand how fallible memory is. Um, the thing about memory is it is absolute in the first person, which is to say, I, I, am, I am convinced in conversations with my wife that I remember events that she seems to remember <laughs> completely differently. I recall them different. And guess what? I'm right. And she's wrong. And you're still married. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that's how I know that memory, memory is fallible. It, it, it is an inexact It is an inexact. It's I not just, even science. It's, well, it's just biology. To something you touched on earlier, and what I think Matthew is asking about, you don't remember anything without... One does not remember anything without a story. True. Well, there you go. Right. That's you, right. Anything you really remember has a has story. Has a story to, to it. Even, even right. I think about a map, a map of the right. world, a map of whatever. There's a story. There's there. a, when you unfolded the map, you looked at a globe, 
you, your teacher was asking about so there's a story associated and the, and, and the story the story associated with going from one place to another and 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 all of the meaning of all of those points uh, between the destination of beginning and end we we are constantly human beings as i said in storyteller mode wow yes uh matthew why did you ask that question um i asked because it really annoys my friends, but every time I try to tell them about something I've learned, I have a story that's involved, or I can only tell it in the form of a story. Um, and I was, I was a classical studies major in undergrad, uh, where I learned about Greece and Rome and their history and mythology. And I would just soak that in, and I could always just understand the history and the books that we were reading so much easier than I could. My stats class. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, easier than statistics? You got to be kidding me! Statistics is so. What the hell goes on in statistics? <laughs> but I took statistics, Did and you? look, I'm still a little shaken up. I didn't so, have the courage. So, um, Matthew, let me ask you this: When you tell these stories to your friends, and it sounds like from your description, there's a little bit of an eye roll on their part. Are you? Have you tried telling a short story? That would involve being concise, which isn't my <laughs> not, best not your strong suit, but I try. I'm feeling that. So, but really, why did you ask this question? Because of the way your friends react, or because of the way you feel? Um, just be, because um, I've just always wondered why my brain kind of thinks of things in terms of stories, and why it's the stories that stick with me. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, what in the brain like makes it that way. I don't know if there's a general reason, uh, maybe, but that's what's sort of fascinated me. Before we get LeVar on this, let mm. me ask it the other way around. Do you remember anything without a story? I mean, is there anything you can think of that doesn't have a story associated? When I think about, like so many people, the atomic number of technetium, I just remember a story about it. Apparently it didn't exist and they created it in a laboratory, then they went looking for it. Really? But without that story, I wouldn't remember atomic number 43. Technetium. Iridium, atomic number 77, is famous because it was found all over the world because it almost certainly came from an asteroid. All right. Who could forget those stories? Joseph Priestley and his oxygen, atomic number eight, crying out loud. What am I? Come on, people. (laughs) Zirconium in the nuclear navy. Come on. Number 40, it's fabulous. So, LeVar, do you have a comment about remembering things without stories? Stories, I genuinely believe, provide the context for who we are, why we're here, where we're going, and probably most importantly, what will my contribution be to the evolution of humanity? Right on! Matthew, what do you hope to accomplish with your storytelling ability? Um, I'm actually in divinity school right now uh, at Duke University. Um, so well, I I'm just going to check out you and Lavar. You and Lavar take a little divinity school meeting there. Why are you in divinity school? Uh, I'm in divinity school because I want to uh, join the army to be a chaplain um, because I think that's one way that God is calling me to help soldiers wow. um, that what you- need it because they don't wow. always get the help. That is awesome. Before, during, or after their service. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I am an ex-seminarian, studied for the priesthood for four years. So I understand the the calling. I get your mission. Um, I feel you. 
You want to be effective in the world in a way that you uniquely can. Your stories will be most valued when you get to where you're going, sir. Keep practicing on your friends. A- ask them uh, to indulge you with their patience while, while you practice. But your storytelling will, will be the life's blood of those you serve when you get to the next stop. So let me ask you this, Matthew. Are you are you required, or do you are you planning, or is part of your formal training uh, psychology and psychiatry, or let's call it psychology? Um, it is not required. I hope to take further graduate school studies in psychology. I was a psych ma- a minor in undergrad. No, oh, that is yeah. incredibly special. Um, but I hope to take some sort of counseling courses, um, either through the Divinity School or through the larger Duke. Uh, graduate school uh, system. Good, My, uh, good thing. That's, that's actually a very good plan. I would also recommend um, some mindfulness training, Matthew. Mindful. Tell us about mindfulness, LeVar, it's, it's, Matthew and me. It's just an, an, an ancient idea that being present in the moment. Um, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. That's irony, people. Go ahead. It's not that funny, LeVar. Well, it is to me. <laughs> Come on. Because uh, I'm that guy. I'm that corny. Um, mindfulness is an ancient uh, idea, concept about being in the moment. Um, is, increases your, not just your awareness, but your enjoyment uh, of, of, or your acceptance of the moment. Um, so, Matthew, I'm going to offer this piece of advice, which you can choose to tune out or not. Just when you're uh, providing service, is that the expression to s- soldiers or, yeah. Uh, let your passion come through. What I think what, uh, what really appeals to people about religion is the community and, uh, this being with like-minded people who, uh, share the same, uh, values. And so, uh, to make, to help people share, I think, share the values rather, it's good to let your passion, what you really feel. Uh, and of course it's hard when you're a chaplain, you're just going to be hard because you're it's like when you're an actor you got to let the other guy you try to get a rise out of the other guy by getting a rise out of yourself That's is right. that accurate that is a very accurate statement matthew it's a great question man thank you thank you so much uh my grandfather uh taught organic chemistry at duke coincidence actually oh, yes awesome. yes it is a coincidence. Um, <laughs> um i love duke and thank y'all so much for having me on and letting me uh, talk with y'all oh man thank you Go carry on devils. Stick around for more science rules after this. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You're listening to Science Rules. We have we have another caller. Giuseppe, are you out there? Yeah, hello. Uh, hi, Giuseppe. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from Mexico. Oh, that's great. Where in Mexico? The Hermosa Tabasco. Tabasco, like the south, the spicy one, Tabasco. So what's your question for LeVar? Ah, uh, yes. My question is, um, uh, what are your thoughts on audiobooks? Is it like cheating? Um, uh, I'm aware that it's one of the most comfortable options for the blind, but why would anyone else still use it? Listen to audiobooks. Audiobooks. Uh, for, you're talking okay. to the man. Uh, for me, Giuseppe, you're talking to the audiobook man. Audiobooks are reading, Giuseppe, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing. Here's the magic about, about the activity of reading. It is, it's words that interact with your imagination, causing you to create pictures in your mind, right? When you read, you're making a movie because you're, and, and, and you're, oh, that's a great expression. You're, 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 you're casting, you're the director, you're the production designer, you design the, the costumes, department. you're everything. You make a movie in your head, right? Now, whether you're reading those words from a, a printed page or a, a, a digital screen or if you're listening to an audio recording of a story, the process is the same. You connect in your imagination to those words, that imagery, which causes you to create pictures, make a movie. So I don't care if you're listening to it, if you're reading it in a bound book, or you're reading it on a digital device. The, our connection, we are a, a species of storytellers. We, we, we storytell with every part of ourselves, 24-7, 365, right? And, and, and because we are storytellers, it is our imaginations that are so integral to our role as storytellers. It's who we are. It, it's our, our, our storytelling is intricately and inextricably connected to our humanity, Giuseppe. So, in other words, Giuseppe, listening to books is every bit as good as reading them. Amen. Um, reading them with your eyes, rather. Uh, and you, your belief or claim, LeVar, is it is reading. Uh, it, that is my belief, and, and, and it is my claim. And, and you're welcome to fight about me. Yeah, you're welcome to fight me. No, I'm good. I'm all good. Right, right. But, but I didn't I, mean you, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant your audience. <laughs> but it is... But just like reading with your eyes, to get the most... Or to get the whole story, you have to be engaged. Yeah. And this is, I noticed that um, in your question that you typed in, there's a thing about if you're driving and something's going on in front of you, you may tune out of the story for a few minutes and I or seconds. And I okay. encourage everybody to hit that rewind button. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my, my car, you connect your phone to the dashboard, you know, right. the, all the kids are doing it. Sure. And so I hit the double back arrow all the time. Giuseppe, that's a great question. Audiobooks are not cheating. Listen on. Thanks for your call. Okay. Thank you. We have another call out there. Uh, 
Summit. Did I pronounce it properly? Summit. Are you are you out there? That was perfect. Yeah, most people don't get it right the first time. Well, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn now and then. So, uh, where are you calling from? <laughs> I am also a college student calling from Massachusetts. All right. Uh, what's your question? So, my question is: uh, Is there a relationship between imagination and affinity for reading? Oh no, nothing to do with each other. Uh, of course <laughs> no, there must be. Doesn't one thing lead to another, Lavar? They are part and parcel, part of the same superpower that human beings have to imagine. It's our superpower, really, to be able to project ourselves into a, a, a moment apart from this now moment in the in the present, in the past, or in the future. No other species can do that, right? Not as far as we know. Not as far as we know. I mean, you're very seldom encounter encounter a dolphin. Yeah. That seems to be paralyzed by self-doubt. Right. It's just not, it's very seldom. Maybe a dog that's thinking about something besides food. I mean, now and then. Yeah. But humans, humans are just imagining all these things. So why did you ask this question, Samit? I think just out of my own curiosity, I like to think that I'm somewhat imaginative and I like to read, so I was wondering if there might be a correlation there. What do you do with your imagination? Do you create your own stories? Sometimes when I read or write or interpret different things, I study art sometimes, so that uh, imagination definitely has to come into play there. Well, in your business, yeah, the story is about one thing. Sure. That is to say, it's starting one place, and it's the every every word in the story is to carry you to this other place. Beginning, middle, and end. I've never heard that before. So, <laughs> Sama, this is a great question. I'll bet you it turns out one thing leads to another. That is to say, mm-hmm. the more you read, the more richer your imagination. The richer your imagination, the more you're inclined to read stories. Good Maybe to know. Sama, thank you for your call. Carry on. Thank you so much. Ashwin. Ashwin, you're out there. Uh, hey. Yeah. Um, Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Dubai, UAE, actually. Oh, Dubai. Uh, it's wow. one o'clock in the night now, so like a lot of people are sleeping at the home. I'm just like whispering. Okay. Thank you for calling. What, what's your question? <laughs> so uh, my question was, uh, how many books on average do you think uh, would take for a person to sort of change their perspective and start seeing the world in a different way. One. One book. I think that's got to be right. Book. If it's the right if book, the that's right got to be right. Now, Ashwin, why do you ask this question? Is there a book in your life, my friend? Uh, so this question came to my mind because actually uh, there was a follow-up question that I wanted to ask. So well, follow it up. I, I mean, I mean, follow one, it up. What's yeah, your follow-up question? In some sense. Uh, I was sort of wondering if uh, there was a specific style of writing or reading that could be used to sort of enhance our understanding and see the world in a different way, perhaps. So are you talking about a religious book? Oh, uh, not necessarily, actually. Or are you talking about an important book, like Undeniable by Bill Nye, New York Times bestseller, 20 in a cart and they make great <laughs> gifts? <laughs> no, go, why do you ask this question? Uh, because... Sometimes it takes me more than one book of a general theme to get inclined and sort of start seeing the world through its ideas. 
and sometimes it just takes like a few pages to just start seeing the world mm. completely differently. Can you give us a couple examples? Uh, so there was this one book that I stumbled upon this summer. Uh, that's Sapiens by Harari. Ah, yes. And that was sort of um, just talking about how the human, how human mankind uh, as a race has evolved right from our very beginnings to all the way up to where we are right now. And it took me only a few pages to sort of start predicting where we would as a race end up. And other books haven't exactly been able to do that to me. So I was wondering if there was something with that book in particular or it was just like some sort of other means of understanding that I stumbled upon with that particular book. Ashwin, all books are not made equal. All books are not equal. Your ability to engage with that book on the level that you did has everything to do with the, the way that the author was communicating his or her subject matter. You connected with it at a basic and elemental level to the point where you were able to take what they were saying and extrapolate forward and, 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 and make best guesses about where humanity was headed. All books are not going to impact you the same way, my friend. Every book is going to impact you in a different way, at a different level. In fact, I don't know if you've had the experience of, of having a book that you read over time, right? Many times over time. The book delivers, for pleasure. delivers a different message yeah. every time you pick it up and read it. Yeah, what's your uh, day job, Ashwin? Uh, I'm actually a student right now. Mm -hmm. well, uh, I'm a college student uh, in India, so I'm here for my summer. Um, what are you studying? Uh, I'm actually studying computer science. I'm a uh, junior. Uh, you're uh, our, you're in our India. people. But not only do you study computer science, which should be a technical thing, you have an interest in storytelling, I take it. Oh, I do. Uh, so I sort of wanted to explore, uh, share this idea with like other people, uh, like people who are unprivileged in some sense. Mm. And so I tried going around to village schools and uh, setting up libraries along with my friends. Oh sort my goodness, really? Reading as well. So what are you, 20 years old, 19 years old? Uh, going to be 20, yes. Yeah, that's great. So you're, you're setting up libraries in, uh, I guess, rural villages in India? Exactly. How have these efforts been received? Are, are people enjoying the libraries, the books that you bring? Oh, uh, they are. So what we kind of do is we go to these libraries and we spend an entire day with them. And uh, we set these libraries up and interact with the students and sort of get them engaged on various activities. Uh, what we are planning to do now is sort of get more personal with them. And so we are sort of trying to go to them every week or every weekend, whenever we can, actually, uh, from academics. And sort of uh, have sessions that would get them interested into reading and then learning. Like, for example, uh, read-alouds and uh, enactments of this, because... I felt like that helped me a lot when I was getting into reading in the first place. So who's we when you go to these places more than, more than just you? Uh, so it's a bunch of uh, five to six people plus anyone who's willing to volunteer. Mm -hmm. We are basically, uh, so we registered as a nonprofit. Uh, and one of our initiatives is uh, Padho India, which basically translates to Read India. Uh, and... We go as a group of maybe five or six people, and we just sort of have God, one weekend fantastic. of fun. I'm not joking you. A uh, couple things. Do you have a website? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, it's called Let's Photo India. We're also on Instagram. 
how do I spell it? Let's L E T S P A D H O Pado, India. Yeah. Let's Pado, India. That's fantastic. Well, keep up the good work. Please Ashley. keep up the good work. Uh, and so what I'm oh, thanks a lot. what may happen, and I'm not promising. Am I promising this? Go ahead and make the promise, Bill. Well, just that go out on a limb. People will check out your website and donate books. Oh, wow. That's right. Promise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, that's very cool. Publishers yeah. in the US yeah. will find a way to do how old are the people that you the kids or yeah. the people you engage with when you go to their village, these villages? Uh it's usually primary schools. So oh, yeah. it's right. uh children from five to twelve. Children's well, books, yeah. Yeah, these are this yeah. these are our people. Yeah. That's fantastic, Ashwin. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, thank you. The longest journey begins with but a single step. Just that you told <sighs> us that this thing exists will uh, lead somewhere. Keep up the good work. Let's change the world. Oh, thanks, Ethan. Thank you, Ashwin. Wow. Check him out. See, here's what I love about, about your, your fans and your listeners. They're nerds. They're, oh, yeah. These they're, are my people. They're, they're <laughs> geeks. They're my people, too, right? <laughs> and they're addicted to story right everybody is yeah you know technetium and everything <laughs> iridium and, yes and seaborgium uh, <laughs> no which, so, which element is seaborgium all right don't toy with all me right, you know it's mind. 106 I, I, stop messing with me <laughs> science rules will be right back Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Science Rules is back. Now, wait, wait. It's time for the lightning round. That's where you the know what, uh, static discharge from the cloud to the ground, or sometimes the ground to the cloud, is caused superheating the atmosphere, which produces a shock wave and thunderclap. So it's time for the lightning round, LeVar. I'm ready, I think. What is your favorite book? The book that I happen to be reading at any given time. That's it. That's it. Whatever book Whatever you're into. Whatever book I'm reading, that's, that's my favorite book. What's the biggest crowd you've ever read to? Wow. I don't know. 10 people? No. <laughs> More. More like yeah. sixty thousand uh, on a podcast, maybe a million. Maybe, yeah, something like that. What's the smallest crowd? A one. What's the most intimate crowd? Me by myself in my head. Uh, what about to children? Um, I love reading one on one. I love reading to small groups. I love reading to kids. I just love reading aloud. I really do. The it's the most fun. It's for me. It's the most fun. Wow. What is the deal about taking a deep breath mm. before you read your mm. stories? My wife hates that moment. In this <laughs> she, does. she can fast forward to it. She can. Why does she hate it? I don't. She because she thinks I'm trying to browbeat people into breathing. <laughs> she thinks I'm a breathing Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everybody listening, you know, you know all those those jack booted breathing soldiers. 
that pound on your door demanding that you breathe. What? The, what? Can I have a straight answer? Dude? That is, that's the truth. Your wife hates it. Why do you do it? I do it uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, for me, a, a, a breath is, um, it's, it's a threshold uh, between that which came before and, and then that which comes after the breath which is story. So it's a preparation. It's preparing ourselves to go into story mode. But even more importantly than that... To get away from LeVar Burton, the narrator, right. to, that, that to moment, the that, that moment was the introduction. We breathe. This moment, everything that comes after the breath is story, right? And for me, the word inspiration... The, from the Latin, inspire, yeah, to it, breathe in. Is the breath. It yeah. is the breath that is, connects us to, to source. Spirit to, is spirit, breath. That's Aspirate is to breathe. Uh, respirate is all this breath stuff. I uh, love sitting with Bill Nye, the science guy. LeVar, this has just been a fantastic time. I really appreciate you coming on in and sharing your passion for reading the written word aloud yeah. so that people in the world will share these stories we can change the world with story Bill with literacy with literacy we really can we thank really, you man. really can carry um, on i'm a big big fan and i certainly appreciate you know your work in the world we oh, are no. we are kindred spirits we are kindred spirits Nye, i'll you give you I. that lavar we burton. are kindred spirits so check out his podcast lavar burton reads download them all and turn it up loud Thank you very much, LeVar. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Now, you've been listening to Science Rules. I'm Bill Nye, and remember, when it comes to the reading part of our universe, science rules. If you like science rules, and of course I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out. It helps us figure out who's listening, what you like to listen to. It helps other people learn about the show so that they too can hear it and turn it up loud. So thank you. Science Rules is produced by Jordan Bell. Our engineer today is Brendan Burns. Mixing and original theme music are by Casey Halford. Special thanks, of course, to Claire Rawlinson. And Chris Bannon is the CCO, the chief content officer of Stitcher. At Stitcher, Science Rules. That's oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. did you get my text message? Nothing, no, nothing yet. Got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, but I'm on I'm on Wi-Fi. Or are you in airplane mode? That's what I put it in airplane mode to uh No, I'm on Wi-Fi at, Ear, at Earwolf. Stitcher. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.